0: Hey everyone, it's Matt with a cup of freedom. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us today. I have my coffee, my dark roast coffee, and I'm ready to enjoy just a time to be with you today. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You can find out more about us and our ministry at Facebook.com backslash take the journey to freedom. Facebook.com backslash take the journey to freedom. Thank you again for all the support of us and our show. Today, I wanted to spend a few minutes just in reflection on the last few weeks and months of this quarantine. And I've titled this lesson, uh, this podcast, Lessons I'm Learning During Quarantine. And so I'm a, the older I get, the more reflective I get. And so I've just been reflecting on things that God has been teaching me and is still teaching me. But he's used this time, these last couple of months, to continue to remind me and teach me. You know, I think one of the greatest areas of growth and maturity that we can experience and the greatest area of freedom that we can experience is by allowing God to teach us and to grow us in new ways. And maybe it's not things that we've not known before or not learned before, but reminders reminders in our lives, a chance to really think and reflect and just take a moment to look at things. So I don't know about where you're at, Uh, I'm in Texas, and so we are beginning to reopen things, and I was reflecting on the day today, today's the 18th of May, when I'm recording this, and so it's been just over two months, I think, since we first started lockdown, first started quarantine. And so in two months' time, it's hard for me to believe now, you know, I've been working full-time from home now for about nine weeks, nine or ten weeks, and just this whole time, and it's gone by really fast, but there's also been a chance just to pause and to reflect. I've kind of even called this like the great pause, like God's giving us this pause in our lives. Like, I'm a former coach, so I think of it as like a timeout. <laughs> it's a timeout where the whistle's blown and we're taking a TO, and we get a chance. Like, God's giving us this opportunity, I believe, this gift, this great pause, if you will, to really look at some things, not to be over introspective, but just to examine some things and to take a look at our lives. And so, The question I want to start off for you is, what are you learning during this time? What do you sense God is teaching you? Okay, reflect on that as we begin. I want to share four thoughts, four things that I'm learning. There's probably more, but these are some of the main ones. And I want to go through this. And then I want to also share at the end how this can connect to the journey to freedom with our own recovery and how how that applies to that as well. So the first one that I want to share, the first lesson for me is really just reminding God, reminding me of what really matters, like what's important in life. I feel like so much of life is spent on busyness, distractions. You know, it's so easy to get consumed by responsibilities, work, work family, just stuff. And it just, it just, that's just the life that we live. It's kind of like this hamster wheel. I've heard it described recently by another pastor of this treadmill, like everyone's on a treadmill and the treadmill has stopped. And if you've been on a treadmill, you know, it's like you're walking, you're running and you're not getting anywhere. And so we were all on this treadmill of life and like all of a sudden, like it kind of got stopped. It kind of got put on pause. I mean, life still continues. I'm not talking about that, but just this whole like hurriedness, busyness, I got stuff to do and it was kind of put on pause. And then you started hearing after you notice after a few weeks, it was like people started getting anxious and anxiety started building in. It was like people were wanting to get back on the treadmill to get back on the hamster wheel. And I kept thinking to myself, and God kept kind of impressing upon me, like, Matt, this is one of the main points of this. This is one of the things I'm giving you an opportunity to say, I don't want you to jump back on the treadmill. I don't want you to be quick to just go back to the way things were. Really look at what matters in life. And we get so distracted in such a hurry. One of my favorite quotes, now I will say this, busyness, I think in today's world, busyness is a part of life to some degree. But I want to draw a distinction here between busyness and being hurried or hurriedness. Dallas Willard, who's one of my favorite authors, he has this quote. He says, hurry is the enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. This is a quote that I keep by my desk, uh, and I reflect on this a lot. He's saying, hurry, not busyness. We're all going to have things to do. It's not about not having things to do. But you know the difference when you're busy and when you're hurried. You can feel your body. You can feel your spirit, your soul tensing up. Like when I'm in a grocery store and I'm in a hurry— And all the lines are backed up, and all the cashiers seem like they're going really, really slow. Can't you feel yourself sometimes? I know I can feel myself like, ooh, hurried, like hurry up, hurry up. And and one of the things is, think about like the next time you're in traffic. You know, I haven't really sat in traffic for like two months. I I did this past Friday, I was in some traffic and it reminded me of like, oh man, I don't, I didn't miss this at all. Like I didn't miss this, like having places to go, honestly. I really didn't. And it just made me think about how much of my life have I actually probably spent sitting in traffic. And so this distinction between busyness and hurriedness, I think we're all going to have stuff to do, but being hurried, And so God has given us this opportunity of like, okay. And Dallas Willard says, ruthlessly eliminate hurry. So that's like our responsibility. Like we're going to have things to do. There's responsibilities to do. There's work to do, of course. But what really matters? I think a lot of us are busy and hurried doing things that maybe don't matter all that much. And we're just on this hamster wheel. We're on this treadmill and we don't know how to get off. And God's given us this opportunity to be able to step off. So like really what matters most to me, of course, my my walk with Jesus Christ, my family, my friends, my faith, just all the things that God has given me. Like Jesus, Jesus in my life is like the source And then the way I look at it, like everything else is just icing on the cake. But it's shown me how easily it is for me to get distracted, for me to get hurried, for me to be caught up in all these things and to not really be able to focus on what matters most. So it's given me this renewed sense, this renewed appreciation of what's right in front of me and what really truly is valuable and what really truly is going to last. So what about you? Have you had a chance to think about that? The second one I want to talk about is just the lesson I'm learning is gratitude, like God giving me a deeper sense of gratitude and contentment, gratefulness for the season of life. And he's allowing me to be content and to seek my satisfaction and contentment in Him, number one, and then out of that to really see what I call the already's that are in my life instead of focusing on the if only's. So here's what already I can be grateful for. I have food on the table, clothes on my back, a roof over my head. I'm in a position that's, that's, there's a lot of people in this country and this world that don't even have that and that are struggling right now. Grateful for what's in front of me. Grateful for the already's. I have you, Jesus Christ, as my source, as my life. I have the salvation. I have the forgiveness of sin. I have new life. And freedom in Christ, I am dead to sin, alive to Christ, and Lord, I'm in you, and you are in me. And so focusing on the already's, God's given me a chance to do that. I'm not perfect at any of these. I'm just saying these are lessons and reminders that God is giving me afresh and anew. Of course, there's times where I still ask those questions, if only if only this were happening, or I maybe focus on the things that haven't happened yet. the not yet, right? We all say that. Well, not yet. I'll be content when this happens. I'll be grateful when this is taking place. And I really, truly believe that God is calling me and he's calling each of us to be grateful and content in the moment choose today this gratitude. So what about you? Have you had a chance to look at your level of contentment? You know, I do believe that crisis and challenges are revealing in our lives. They really reveal to us what we have placed value in, what we have placed importance in, what we really do choose to focus on is what really matters. It's a chance of revealing to us you know, where we're putting our faith and our hope. Are we putting our faith and hope in the things of this world? Or ultimately, are we putting our faith and hope in the promises of God through Jesus Christ? That can be a very freeing thing. We talk about freedom in Christ, being content and grateful, even in the already's of this moment and the challenges, and not in this rush to like get back to whatever the normal is, to live each day. And that leads me to my next one. This, this lesson of learning and God reminding me that life is precious. And not only is life precious, but life is short. I think about you know, how fast things are going. I mean, and some, and sometimes it thinks like, I think it's been, this has been like two years, not two months. It seems like it's been a really long time, right? But life has just been a blur sometimes, and it's gone by so fast. I'm getting ready next week to celebrate my youngest daughter's 13th birthday. I will have three teenage daughters in the house. And I look at that and I, I think to myself, how is that even possible, God? What happened? How did I get to this point? But then just seeing all of what's happening in the world and the pain and the the loss, the loss of life, the loss of careers, jobs, dreams. There's a lot of loss going on right now for a lot of people. We're all dealing with this in our own way. But that We're not promised anything. It's just a reminder to me of like, like today is the day the Lord has given us. Rejoice in the Lord today. Uh, I think about the verse in James chapter four, verses 13 through 15. It says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. While you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Man, what about what a great powerful reminder of like we're thinking this person's thinking they're gonna be going and doing all this, and I've got all these dreams and all these Things I want to do. And again, this is not saying it's not—it's bad to have dreams and be looking forward to things. No, but it's just a reminder to me that we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. And life is precious. And we make these plans, and yet it says you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, we ought to say, if it's the Lord's will. If it's the Lord's will, you know it reminds me of Paul saying, you know, saying, uh, I think it's in Philippians where he says, "To live is Christ; to die is gain." To live, I get to still continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. To die, I get to gain. I get to be with Christ. So this appreciation that life is short—we're not promised tomorrow. Today is a gift. Tomorrow is not promised. And so one of the things I've done, and I've actually been doing this over the last couple of years as I came out of a really dark season of depression, I began to pray this simple prayer as God began to renew me and teach me some things and show me some things out of that season. I began to say this one line, simple prayer that he actually teaches his disciples. And it was simply this, Lord, give me today my daily bread. Give me today my daily bread. And I just began to start saying that and focusing on that. It's so easy to think ahead, to think of tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. I think about all of the people who are not able to experience graduations the way they would have, weddings canceled, family events, all of these things. Like A few months ago, that would have never even been on their radar, that they would have had to miss that. But it's the reality that we're living in. And so again, we make these plans. We think this is the way it's going to be. And yet God says, today is the day. It doesn't mean it's wrong to make plans again. It's not what I'm saying. Please don't hear me to say that. But it's just been a reminder to me, even over these last few years of just saying, God, give me today my daily bread. Provide for my needs today. I would encourage you to think about that. Are you constantly thinking to the next thing or looking to the next step? It's okay to be sad and to mourn the losses. I want you to hear me on that. It's okay to mourn the losses. If you weren't able to celebrate a graduation, be sad about that. Mourn that. I mourn with you on that. But then pray this prayer. God, give me today my daily bread. I can still choose joy. I can still choose contentment. I can still choose gratefulness. And that's freedom. That's freedom, brothers and sisters. That's freedom. Because then when we, we choose the other thing, we go the other way of ungratefulness, of discontentment, of bitterness, anger, whatever that may be. It's bondage. It's slavery. The fourth one I want to talk about is really, I think, probably one of the biggest lessons I'm continuing to learn is this, what I call illusion of control. You know, just when I think I've got control of my life, just when I think I'm the one that's in charge, I'm running the show, something like this virus comes in and just reminds me, Matt, you have control of zip, zilch, nada, really. Now, I want to explain this in a little bit, but really... I don't have control over much. For the control freaks out there, if that's if that's you, if you are one of them, it, this has really gone against everything. That's why it's probably been really hard for you during this time, because so much has been taken for granted in this in this country in this life, and and so much then is what we think is in control. I mean, think about it. Just the simple fact of being able to go to the grocery store. And now that's taken away, being able to send our kids to school, being able to go to church, being able to go to a restaurant, all of those things. Like we have no control over that. And we took them for granted, uh, having supplies in the grocery stores, toilet paper, right? Like having control over toilet paper has been the biggest commodity over these last couple of months, I think. And like, we have no control over whether they were in the stores or not. Like just this realization of like, I really don't have control of a whole lot in my life. Except the choices that I make. God still gives me free will. The greatest freedom that God has given to mankind, free will. Freedom to choose. That's the control I still have. The freedom to respond. I can still respond godly or I can respond ungodly. I'm losing control. So do I respond in an ungodly way or can I still respond godly? That's what we still can control. But circumstances, viruses, whether the state, whether the the restaurants open up and businesses open up and sometimes even the fact of my job and my, my work can I even control that? My, my oldest daughter lost her job during this. She had no control over that. If you had asked her two months ago if that would have happened, we would have never have thought. She was loving her job. But she lost her job during this time. It's affected my work and being able to, to go and do. I have no control over that. But what I can control, what I can choose, the greatest freedom is to choose to respond in a godly way. Choose to respond in the freedom that is in me through Christ Jesus. I can still control that. And maybe, just maybe, God is using this time to get you to give up control and to trust him. Maybe he's simply asking you, will you trust me? Will you trust me? I kind of liken this to a taking our hands off the steering wheel. My oldest daughter is also learning how to drive during this time, so it's been kind of cool to be able to to teach her that and go through that but this idea of like we think we're we're on the steering wheel of our life and our hands are in control and we're driving the car but the f- most freeing thing we can do is to let go of the steering wheel. I know that sounds don't do that when you're driving. Please don't do that. But to let go of like I got to be in charge, I got to have all this in place of Maybe just simply like asking that question, what do I need to let go of, God? What do I need to let go of? That can be so freeing. You're probably carrying a whole bunch of stuff right now that you've been trying to control and God's like just stripped it all away. That may be your work. It may be your finances. It may be your family situation, whatever that may be. And it's just like, it's kind of been stripped away and you don't really have much control of it. And so now it's like, what do I do? What do I need to let go of? And one of the biggest things for me in letting go of is just my tendency to still try to control and manage and do. And so it's simply me not trying to do for God, but to simply trust him. I think that's what he's asking us to do, to trust him. He's not surprised by any of this going on. He is not surprised by any of this. So will you trust me? That's the question he's asking. Will you give up the control and will you trust me? A few action steps because this is what I want you to think about. How does now how does this apply to finding freedom in addiction? Finding freedom in my walk, I think it has a lot to do with that because sometimes we get so focused on the addiction, we get so focused on this thing we're trying to stop or give up that if, as we take our eyes off of that, our focus off of that, and we fix our eyes on Christ and the freedom that we have in Him, it becomes so much easier, I believe, to say no to sin and temptation because we're allowing Him to do it. We're taking hands off the wheel. And allowing the Holy Spirit to live through us. And that's so much easier and lighter than us trying to battle and fight against this addiction. Kind of like battling and fighting against this virus. And so a few action steps. Number one, I would just say, what are you learning during this time to really focus? Maybe spend some time reflecting and writing down a journal. What's God teaching you during this time? Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's patience. Maybe it's maybe it's just an examination of some of the things that I said. Maybe, maybe it's just really like today is the day. I need to choose to live in today. Uh, number one, another action step is just to write down maybe what really matters in your life. Write that out like and reflect on it. A second one can be to come up with an already gratitude list, like these are the things that I'm already grateful for. I don't want to focus on the not yets or the if onlys. Lord Jesus, please allow me to be grateful for the here and now, for the already, because tomorrow's not promised. A third action step could be a simple prayer, as simple as, God, give me today my daily bread. Help me to not worry about tomorrow Again, think about Jesus' words about not worrying about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. Lord Jesus, give me today my daily bread. Or another prayer that will help you through this. And then fourthly, this idea of giving up control. What do you need to let go of? What do you need to give up? Maybe it's the first day and you're listening to this and you're like, I have not even tried, Matt, to start in my recovery of this addiction with pornography. I need to let go of it completely. I've still tried to manage it in one way. I've still had one hand on the steering wheel. And God is simply saying, release it to me. Surrender it to me. Give up control. I will take over. I will take the wheel. Trust me. Trust me. I'm not concerned about your behavior right now. I just simply want you to trust me. Will you do it? Will you trust him? Will you let go? It's hard for us to let go. Maybe you need to give up control of things in your past that were done to you, or even that you did, and you just need to like let go and allow God to heal you in that. You have to define what that is, what you need to let go of, what you need to give up control of. Maybe it's giving up control of trying to be the master of the universe or in your own little world of controlling everybody and controlling other people. God is simply saying, trust me. Give this addiction to me. Give this sin to me. Stop trying to figure it out in your own way. Give it up. Surrender and trust. Surrender and trust. So I hope that encourages you. Please let me know. Let us know. Send me an email at mgalbraith, G-A-L-B-R-A-I-T-H, 2007 at gmail.com. If you would like to share some lessons that you're learning or just to share your story, we would love to help in whatever way we can. We also do offer one-on-one coaching and mentoring to help you on your journey to freedom. We can walk you through a step-by-step process, Christ process of finding your own freedom from this addiction. So if that's something that you are interested in, there is a financial investment involved, but please contact us. We would love to, to work with you and just to help you in whatever way we can. So, I hope you have a great day wherever you are. Be encouraged in the Lord. Your freedom is in the Lord. It is for freedom that you have been set free. So, as we say here on A Cup of Freedom, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.